Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middle of the week and a slightly different lineup for the Sports Talk Mississippi crew. Michael Borky is off for the remainder of the week. So it's uh, Brian Haydad and me. I'm Richard Cross. Glad to be with you. And Will East in the big chair. What's up? That's right. Hey, hey buddy. How y'all doing? There he is. There There he is. is. We're all kind of matching somewhat. Look at that. Yeah. 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 Is this a good time to tell people that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi? You guys got the shirts. I've got the shorts on today. I'm going to stand up. So, uh, got the uh, little fashion oh. show here. Hey, Dad says I always entertain him when we talk about uh, about Genteel. Yeah. So Genteel <laughs> is the official you apparel provider. a little swirl, darling. <laughs> yeah. You want me to turn all the way around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a family show, guys. Come on. Yes. I I was saying, Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com or at men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, like the Country Gentleman in Greenville, Chandelure Outfitters in Ocean Springs, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, and Reeds of Starkville in, you guessed it, Starkville. You can also visit Genteel. Kind of weird if. uh... Oh, that's a kind of weird if Reed, show. Yeah, if Reed's of Starkville was, you know, in Hatley. It would be that would be a little odd, uh, Mr. Haydad. Uh check him out online, yeah. genteelapparel.com. Thanks for being with us. Love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Our first message of the day says the FCC is watching. Careful there, Richard. <laughs> well, they're probably yes, more listening than watching, if I had to guess. But yeah. They could yeah, be watching too though. If, if they true. wanted to on on C Spire, I think TV. we can say whatever we want. If we were just on TV, we learned this yesterday. That if we we're just on TV, we could say whatever we want. We could tell you know, the the people to earmuff it and you know drop whatever bombs we want to drop. But because we're on radio, we have to be uh, professional. Which we so are. we'll we were talking yesterday about Pat McAfee and his show moving to yeah. ESPN. It's going to be on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and they're going to keep streaming it on YouTube. And he's doing College Game Day and his his night show, whatever, and. He put a Twitter video out and said, you know, content creation was going to remain with the crew from the Pat McAfee show and uh, that there would be very few changes. They were going to continue to broadcast from that warehouse they're in in Indianapolis, and it was going to feel very much the same 
and uh, there would be fewer F words. And so it, it we we explored um, if indeed that show was airing on television, if they could get away with that. And apparently, yes, on, on any cable channel, the FCC does not have the ability to regulate profanity. Yeah, and here's the other thing is people have to complain about it. It's not like there's some censor sitting around going, oh, you said a bad word. It People have to complain about it. That's how they find out all these things. Bunch of snitches is what yeah. you're telling me. Yeah. Mm. We, we get complaints around here from time to time. We, just we do. We do. We, we just usually don't tell they're you all, about them. They're all about Borky, though. Yeah, that's right. Everybody loves me and Richard. Hey, we've got a, a busy afternoon coming up. Uh, Jim Gallagher Jr. will join us uh, about 10 minutes from right now. I think he's at the Golf Channel Studios in Connecticut. You've got uh, the PGA Championship beginning tomorrow. They're playing it in Rochester, New York at Oak Hill Country Club. Uh, Jim was a huge fan of that particular golf tournament. Uh, his father was a PGA teaching pro, and so that major held a special place in his heart. We'll talk with him uh, about a little bit different uh, attitude might not be the right word, but a, a different uh, level of openness or lack of openness from Rory McIlroy. He's kind of been the face and the voice of the PGA Tour, especially in the battle with Live Golf, and he uh, he just kind of skipped out on that discussion this week. I think he's tired of dealing with it. He's tired of uh, talking about why he took a week off, and I think he's tired about talking about poor performances in majors. You know there's a good way that he can get past all of that. Just go out and win another major, win another PGA championship. If he does that, it would be the third time that he has uh, has done it. Almost the entire 4 o'clock hour is going to be dedicated to uh, college baseball. We'll talk some uh, SEC baseball, the final weekend series to start the hour. David Lucci will join us. At uh, 20 minutes after 4, we'll talk about the games that are coming up this weekend in the SEC tournament, which is just around the corner. And then Ross Dellinger will join us to start the 5 o'clock hour. Ross has spent a lot of time over the last few days covering these stories from the Pac-12 and the ACC. Always look forward to our conversations with uh, Ross Dellinger. There's video game news, which certainly makes Brian Haydad happy. Uh, and uh, I, I think... If you're a college football fan that also likes the college football video game from EA Sports, you're gonna uh, you're gonna like where this is headed. And then we started down this road yesterday, but we never actually got to it. We got two more game times, and, and those are gonna kind of continue to trickle out over the next few weeks before we get the full big schedule dump with game times and TV networks for the first three weeks of the season. But uh, two marquee games. Fox released a couple last week. They had their upfronts, and they they got the TCU, um, the TCU Colorado game on the opening weekend. That's going to be an 11 a.m. Yep. kickoff Central Time on Fox. Uh, no surprise that they've got Ohio State Michigan. That'll be an 11 o'clock game. That's their marquee time slot. We got a couple for uh, ESPN ABC earlier this week as well. Uh, opening weekend, LSU Florida State, 6.30 Central Time on ABC. That is Sunday night, September 3rd. I, I'm not necessarily the ratings guy that Michael Borky is, but it feels like there will be a really large audience for that. The only game going, no other college football, no NFL yeah. on September 3rd, rolling into a holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend. Um, and two massive teams, too. Two top ten teams. Two top ten teams, two big brands, two teams that played a really compelling game at the beginning of the season last year in New Orleans. This one's going to be at a neutral site in Orlando. 
You know that uh, Camping World Stadium will be full for that one. That's going to be a heck of a lot of fun on Sunday night, September 3rd. Yeah, looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to that. And then you remember last year when Fox had the rights because it was in a Big 12 stadium, Texas and Alabama played the big noon Fox game, which was an 11 o'clock central time, which I think everybody thought was miserable. Now, the game was good, and it did a really big audience, but everybody was like, 11 a.m. in Austin, Texas for Alabama and Texas? This is a game that feels like it should be under the lights. Well, sort of the same. Not not, not the same stakes, but 11 a.m. Fort Worth opening mm-hmm. weekend? Yeah. Good luck to Colorado. I would, I would, if I'm TCU, I'm wearing all white to tell Colorado to show up in those black uniforms and just suffer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't blame them at all if TCU said we're going to wear the all white on uh, on the opening day. Yeah. Um, but this year it's in an SEC stadium, and there's more flexibility. And the SEC and ESPN don't necessarily view 11 a.m. as their marquee time slot. They view it as an important time slot but not as important as primetime. And so on Saturday night, September 9th, week two of the season, Texas at Alabama, Bryant-Denny Stadium, 6 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. That is great. It's going to be fantastic. should be, uh, I mean, I don't think Texas should be top 10, but top 15 team, and then and Alabama should be in the top five, and... All the storylines about Alabama and then Quinn Ewers coming to town. I mean, it's, there's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot to be excited about. I'm predicting I'll be home to watch it. All right, so Mississippi State's first two games are what? Southeast Louisiana and Arizona. Okay. So Southeastern Louisiana opening week. If you had to take a wild guess at a kickoff time for that ball game. What would you guess? Bring the refrigerator into the living room and get set to sweat. 3 p.m. Ooh. Now, you remember, all right, so the non-conference games for Mississippi State are southeastern Louisiana in week one, western Michigan on October 7th, Arizona on September 9th, I skipped over that one, and then Southern Miss on November 18th. The Arizona game, no question, is going to be on television. The Southern Miss game, no question, will be on television. But each SEC school has one ESPN Plus slash SEC Plus game online. Do you think it's the opening weekend against Southeastern Louisiana, or do you think it's October 7th, Western Michigan? I need to go back and see if any opening weekend games were SEC Plus a season ago. Because it seems like opening weekend you want everybody just to be on TV. My thought is the Western Michigan game will be the, the, the SEC Plus game. Maybe so. And the, the reason that I was asking, when it is an SEC Plus game, online only, the school gets to determine the kickoff time. So yeah. if that happens to be the online game, the SEC Plus game, the Mississippi State can say, nope, that's not going to be at 3 o'clock. It's not going to be at 11 o'clock. That's 6 o'clock, o'clock then. Yeah. We're playing yeah. it under the lights. Ole Miss has Mercer in Week One. They're at Tulane in Week Two. They got Georgia Tech at home in Week Three, and then they've got ULM over on November 18th. So it'll either be Mercer or ULM that'll be the ESPN Plus game for Ole Miss. We we'll have to wait and see on that. Let's talk some golf with Jim Gallagher Jr. When we come back on the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Of course, on your supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. One of our absolute favorites, Jim Gallagher Jr. from the Golf Channel, former professional golfer, uh, joins us and a, a great Mississippian, even though he was not born in the Magnolia State, even though he didn't play his college golf in the Magnolia State. He is one of us and we absolutely are proud to claim him. Jim, this is going to sound negative, and I don't mean for it to, and I certainly don't mean to depress you. Um, I I was adding up based on your finishes at the PGA Championship. You you played in eight of them, and in in the five years that you made the cut, if it was this year's purse, you would have made over $3 million in those five cuts made based on how you finished. That's crazy. You just made my day. Well, <laughs> it's true. I get asked all the time, how much would you have made in your career in modern numbers? And you just don't even want to calculate it. You Gallagherize it. It's a lot of money. And that's, you know, you just can't think in terms of that. But the PGA championship was one I really wanted to win, A, because my dad was is, has been a member of the PGA for 60 years, a club pro at the same club for over 45 years, and just all the great club pros you know growing up in indiana and even when that's how when i got to mississippi it's all those golf states guys the sam dunnings uh you know the ken Lindsays and robbie webbs and all those guys ben nelson i can go on and on about the guys who welcomed me back when i first got on tour and lo and behold i've lived in mississippi for over 32 or three years and and, and it's those guys along the way to grow the game and it was just i always felt comfortable and excited to play in the championship because of that and those guys and we got to play a little different golf course each time, you know, with the Masters at Augusta. I just felt like the setup was always fair, challenging but fair. Uh, and and but this golf course at Oak Hill, whoo, you better you better be careful because this is going to play tough. It was forty degrees this morning on the live from set. It's going to be thirty five tonight. Uh, we may have some frost in the morning. The wind blows. This is a tough big boy golf course for sure. All right, so 91 at the PGA Championship, you finished uh, third. You, you finished in third all by yourself, and that was in your home state, right? That was in Carmel, yep. Indiana, Crooked Stick. That had to be a really, really cool week for you. I know you wish you could have walked away with the trophy when it was all said and done, but to get to do that in your home state while you're, you're kind of living out your dream, that had to be one of the coolest things that happened for you professionally. Well, I opened the week getting paired with Arnold Palmer the first two days. Uh, I mean, talk about and it was actually oh, the first time I'd ever met Arnold in person. And I, I followed him around like a puppy for the first two days. I think I ran into him twice when he stopped to hit his ball. You know, I was just like taking it all in and playing in front of my parents. Sissy was pregnant. Uh, and I shoot 67 the last day to, to have low round of the day. And you're right. It was a golf course I represented on the tour. I'd always played there. You know, I lived about an hour and a half from there and in front of everybody. And it was just an incredible week. And, and, you know, the next week I went to, I guess the next day I flew out to, uh, Vail to play in the Jerry Ford tournament, got a pair of Bobby Knight, uh, who I was a big fan of, obviously. And, and, and it just was an amazing week. And, you know, the next year I finished second. And that's probably the one I could have been in the playoff. I mean, Daly beat us all pretty bad. I, uh, I guess at Indianapolis, I had a chance, but I mean, the next year when it was in St. Louis at Bell Reeve, I felt like I could have been in a in a in a playoff there, but like I said, it was just that that was the championship. I just uh, it was so close uh, to winning the majors, and I always felt like I had a chance there. And and, and uh, but those back to back years were phenomenal, and 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 it's so special to be back, even though I'm 
you know, I was only going to be here for a couple of days for live from, but it, it's just amazing how big these tournaments are and these golf courses and how tough they are. I mean, I looked at the 17th tee yesterday. I didn't even know it was on the property. It was so far back from when I played oh, wow. the 1989 U.S. Open. I mean, it's a 73 or 400 yard golf course, par 70, and it's going to be cold and, and, and cool. Even when it's warm, it's going to be in the 60s. Uh, but the rough is about three or four inches. It's, it's a beautiful golf course. They took a lot of trees out, but it is a beast. And Guys that shoot under, shoot under par, you know, that, that, it's a great score. No question. Tomorrow's going to be a big day for the guys that go early. This will be so cold. Uh, and then maybe some rain on the weekend. But it's going to be a beast. And it, it was in 89. It's been that way uh, since I've seen it. But they've done a great job with the renovation. And it's going to be very difficult. Jim, you mentioned John Daly from, from 91. If I remember correctly, that was the year where he was an alternate and was a late entry into the tournament, and then he goes on to win it. Did, did you guys on tour know much about Daly prior to him coming in and, and getting that opportunity at the PGA? No, I actually played in a in the uh, it was a Chattanooga Open, and it was an opposite event, and it was in the, t- the talk about where he was driving it then. I mean, he cuts this corner, and everyone's going, he did what? But I, I think when he got into Crooked Stick, you know, you heard of him, but it hadn't become, like, he, when he wins, he became legend. But the places he could cut corners on that week at Crooked Stick, it wasn't a fair fight. And what I think people don't understand is not only was John Long, he had great hands, and he had a, a really good short game, better than people always gave him credit for. Uh, but it was an amazing week for him. But, yeah, I'd heard of him a little bit. But, man, he took off and, and became a fan favorite. I mean, people fell in love with him and everything, and, and uh, it was an amazing week. And my, and my friend Bruce Litsky beat me on the last hole. He makes about a 30-footer to cut me, and he walked in the locker room and just winked at me as he beat me from the finish second alone. So, uh, you know, that, that was the fun part. It's just, you know, mom and dad were out there, and they were just – I remember they interviewed, I think, my dad and mom on TV and just how proud they were. Of uh, me being able to you know play in my and where I grew up and and on a golf course that I always loved, one of my favorites of all time, and to have that week, like I said, started with Arnold Palmer. We had just lost my mother-in-law, uh, Sissy's mom had passed away the week before, and and it was just I don't know maybe something after that you know of her her death and just me being able to go there, and it was just the way the good Lord just took care of us, and we took Sissy's dad up there, and he had a, a kind of a peaceful week after. Such a long battle she had, but it was just an amazing week for my family, for sure. Visiting with Jim Gallagher, Jr. from the Golf Channel. He is in Rochester, New York, hosting uh, the morning or on the the panel for the uh, mornings of uh, live from the PGA Championship. Uh, So, Jim, when when you think about how difficult this golf course is and the fact that it's long but only playing as a par 70, and, and then you start looking at guys who you think have got a legitimate chance. I mean, we, we can look at betting odds, and you're going to see John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler kind of at the top because of the way those guys have played. Who's Who does this play into, like, from a from a favorite standpoint? Is it Rahm because he seems to be so unflappable and plays so well regardless of where he is, or is there somebody else that stands out for you? I mean, obviously, those are the two. I think De- I think Justin Johnson could have a good week. Uh, I think Brooks Kepka could have a good week. I look at this golf course very similar setup as U.S. Opens, uh, and and Kerry Hague, who's setting up the golf course, has got a big challenge, you know, the next day or so with this weather being like it. I like Xander Shoffley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's finished in the top uh, his, his in the U.S. Open. He's had five top tens. He finished thirteenth, I think, in twenty twenty two. 
uh, in U.S. Opens. If this plays like a U.S. Open, it plays right into his hands. But he's had nine top tens in the majors in the last five years. It's the most of anybody. Uh, you look at his stats. I mean, he's in a top five or ten in strokes game putting approach. He does a lot of good things. He plays really well in the majors. He's had a pretty good run the last three or four weeks. I'm not saying he's under the radar, uh, but I think he's one. He's going to have a good week, and he could contend. I, I think maybe late, early tee times could have a little bit of advantage. But right. we said, you know, we saw what Rom did at the Masters with the worst set of the tee time side of the tee time. I do think with it being so cold the morning, it's going to be a little bit tougher than Friday afternoon, maybe a little bit of wind. So maybe the guys that go late early might have a little bit of an advantage. So look at guys there. But I really do like Xander Shoffley. Jim, we got two minutes left. Um, I, I thought Rory took a different tone. There, there's a lot of pressure in being the face of the PGA Tour, and I think he is that. And it's been an unprecedented time on the tour with what being the face of the tour has meant what did you make of, of Rory and kind of him steering clear the comments about or kind of staying away from that and not really wanting to talk about the time off that he had taken? What do we think about Rory this week? Uh, that's a great question. His putting's been not so good. And, and from four to eight feet, he's, he's made 15% less than he did last year when he had such a good year on the green. So, mm. Uh, I think he's trying to find a way to not be distracted by the live talk. And he did. He took it under his wing. I mean, he came up with all these designated events. He was the face and the talk of the PGA Tour. Uh, and, I, and I think that takes a toll on you. Uh, I mean, I would think it, it's very much distracting to be great, to win these majors. you got to have your mind totally in on the game. And it takes a toll on uh, – I think it's taken a toll on him. I think it caught up to him mentally. And, and you throw in the fact that he hasn't putted very well this year. I mean, he's hit the ball actually pretty good. I think it has, and I, I wasn't surprised because I've heard uh, he might be a little bit different in his answers because he's always been so open, and, and I think he's he's trying to find a way in his way to focus on just playing golf and stay out of all the mess. The problem is when you've been involved like he has for the last six or nine months or a year, it's easy to go, oh, yeah, let me. i got to make a comment on that. I think that's going to be the thing, the dif- discipline he's going to have to show is to not jump in there and take the bait because they're going to try to get him to go towards that. Live is such a complex uh, deal, and, and you know it's a competitor now. They're they're around. They've been around for a year, uh, but to be the face of the PJ Tour is a lot of pressure. I think it's finally caught up to him. Fifteen seconds left. What's the winning score this week? I would say five under par based on. Oh, what wow. I'm uh, I don't think I don't. If you shoot over that, I think you're going to win. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. Jim, always appreciate your time. Look forward to watching you uh, over the next couple of days, and we'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thanks for the call. Jim Gallagher, Jr., joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, one of the good Mississippi. Good visit, as always, with Jim Gallagher, Jr. on the Farm Bureau guest line. He was talking about the weather. For the first tee times tomorrow morning, it is going to be 36 degrees. On May the 18th, western New York in the the late spring, I, I suppose. The high tomorrow... It gets into the mid. It's actually going to get to 62 tomorrow, so it'll be pleasant tomorrow afternoon. 
Friday, the high is 77, high of 65 on Saturday, high of 70 on Sunday. There is a chance of rain in the forecast on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be cold when the, uh, the the groups that have the morning tea times go off. And again, uh, it's actually, okay, the first tea time is actually at 7 a.m. Eastern, so 6 o'clock Central. There is a freeze and frost warning tonight in western New York. There's a chance that those early tea times could get pushed back a little bit if there's frost on the greens. We'll have to wait and see on that. So they're mm-hmm. doing split tees, hey, Dad. So they got guys going off number one and off number ten. Okay. Good to know, right? Yeah, good to know what that is. There are, uh, all, from the groups that are going off number one, there's a stretch where it's just like loaded group after loaded group in the afternoon. At 125, Tommy Fleetwood, Cameron Young, Hideki Matsuyama. 11 minutes later, Adam Scott, Max Homa, Tony Finau. And then at 147, Xander Shawfleet, Terrell Hatton, and Dustin Johnson. And then at 158, Patrick Cantlay, Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson. That's a heck of a run if you're looking to follow some good golfers that have got a chance to win the tournament. On the guys going off the back, the cluster of really good tee time starts at 8 a.m. when you have Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, and Gary Woodland. At 8.11, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. In the group after that, it's Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, Jordan Spieth. And the group after that at 8.33 is John Rahm, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Cameron Young. So they've got kind of a, a cluster of like four groups in a row where you've got some really big names and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Par 70, so that means just two par fives. Iron play is going to matter. Mm-hmm. But it's a course that's playing 7,400 yards. It's a lot of yards. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Monty. That's almost two miles. Yes. Uh, it's actually. Well, you and I are. You and I are. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, you and I are even on the week now for golf interviews. So we're tied at one. So you did a, a golf interview on, on Thunder Lightning podcast. Yeah. You, you talked with Charlie Ewing, correct? Coach Coach Charlie Ewing, who's a Lady Bulldog uh, golf team, is headed to the national championship along with uh, with Ole Miss to the national championship tournament. It's in Scottsdale, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. It's at Scottsdale uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, at uh, Greyhawk Golf Club. Think they play mm-hmm. it on the Raptor course, and it is a mm-hmm. uh, it is a challenge. Do you want some news on the men's golf side of things for Mississippi State as well? Well, I, I'm following along with that as well. State looks like they're going to clinch the. Um, I, this is the Morgan Hill Regional. They are the only team o- under par. Uh, BYU is five. I'm sorry. Six listen shots back. Listen to him, hey Dad. Listen play. to or listen to him, Will. It's like he knows what he's talking about. I know what golf is. I know how to. <laughs> I know what it is. I just, you know, I'm not as I'm not as enthused about it. You know? Have you ever so, been to a uh, a PGA tournament tour stop uh, there, Hey Dad? Besides the Sanderson, Farms? yeah, I go to the. I'm about to say I go to the Sanderson Farms every year. Uh, no, other than that, no. I went to the U.S. Open. In 1999, which is one of the more famous it, ones, it was at. Ooh, I was going to say 99 was Pebble Beach, but that's Pinehurst not right, number one. No, Pinehurst number 
two in North Carolina. That's right. It's the that one that Payne Stewart two, won. Far superior. Yeah. Far so, superior. It's the one that Payne Stewart won and then died, a, what was it, a few weeks later in a plane crash. That is correct. Mm. Won it in, uh, in July of 1999, and then in the fall of 99, like September, September, October, something like that, died in the plane crash. Yeah. Uh, I was. Just, we followed Tiger around because obviously he still is, but uh, he was the, the the big name draw then. But when that guy hit the ball, it, and I'm not a golfer, so I don't really know, but I know when he hit the ball, it sounded like a machine gun had went off, a, a mm-hmm. 50 caliber machine gun had gone off. I mean, he just hit it so hard, and you would hear gasps, you know, people behind you, you know, go, wow, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I believe he was paired up at one point with Paul Azinger, who was mm-hmm. a local boy on there. And uh, all of Paul Azinger's college buddies were f- following him around, and they were cheering for him. Uh, after a few holes, uh, they stopped cheering for their good friend that they had known for years and were cheering for Tiger. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Uh, Mississippi State in the uh, in the Morgan Hill Regional. In Morgan Hill, California, is currently one under par for the tournament. Three rounds. Uh, and they're done. They're finished today. BYU is four shots behind them, and they are on their final couple of holes as a team. So Mississippi State trying to hold on, but there's nothing they can do. All they can do is sit and watch. Florida State is plus seven, so eight shots back. They are done for the day. Baylor is plus nine. Uh, they are done for the day, and Pepperdine's still on the golf course at plus 11. Uh, they got a couple of holes left as well. But Mississippi State's men's golf team is headed to the national championship uh, matches at uh, uh, in Scottsdale as well. So that'll be a, a week after the women's NCAA championship. There's some, some really good playing by Mississippi State. And, and golf at Mississippi State, it's got a pretty proud tradition but they had a long stretch where they were not very good. They they were near at yeah. or near the bottom of the SEC in both the women's program and the men's program, and to see both teams advancing to the uh, the national championship at uh, in in Scottsdale, that's a really big deal. And uh, both yeah. of them, it appears as if they are both going to win their regionals. Yeah, Coach uh, Charlie Ewing, Coach Dusty Smith, those two guys have done a good job of getting these programs going in the right direction. You know, we I asked Coach Ewing about you know something we talk about a lot on the show about Mississippi being a golf state, and I said I feel like it's an underrated golf state, and he he couldn't agree with that. And, and what we've said on this show many times before, he said this is a great, fantastic state for golf. We have great events, great courses throughout the state, and, and people are just starting to discover that around the country. Less good news for the Ole Miss men's golf team. They were in the Norman Regional, and uh, they will not advance to Scottsdale and uh, and Greyhawk for the national championship. Alabama has won that regional. Top five teams from each of the six regionals advance uh, to the national championship. Alabama won it at 28 under. Oklahoma, the host, three shots back at 25 under. Playing on their own golf course, Alabama goes in and wins in OU's uh facility. Colorado at 23 under advances. Texas Tech advances at 22 and Duke at 21. Ole Miss finished 5 under for the uh, for the week. Their best round was the second round when they shot 280 as a team. Uh, they were 2 under par as a team today, so kind of got it uh, going a little bit better over the last couple of days. 
but had too big of a hole to dig out of after uh, after their first round. So their season will come to an end. But uh, you got the Ole Miss and Mississippi State women's golf teams and the Ole Mississippi State men's golf team all there uh, at the uh, NCAA championship. So really good stuff. Luke and Flowood corrected you on your math. The 7,400 yards, he said, more like 4.2 miles, just in case you were curious. What are two distances I'll never run again? Hmm. Hey, now, what would it take for me to convince you to take golf up as a hobby? I mean, that's a hobby I don't think I can afford, so no. Well, yeah, you wouldn't have to, like, go out and buy brand-new clubs. I mean, you could get you could get a reasonably priced used set of clubs, start out going to the driving range and trying to kind of work it out before you even make the transition to the golf course. It doesn't have to be a super expensive sport. I'm, I'm just not that interested. Not interested That's the point. It's a hobby. A, ho- a hobby has to be something you have an interest and a passion for. I have none for that. of that for golf. You, you don't think you could get there? You don't think you could uh, like Very, get to the point where you liked it? Because you got you, you to start. You can't, you can't start without the passion in any hobby. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to start woodworking today. And then you're like, oh, God, this kind of sucks. And I, you know, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. And you give it up after two days. I'm going to go out on the course with some clubs and just be like, all right, here I go. And then six weeks later, I'm like, man, this is great. No, that's not going to happen. So this is reasonably priced as perspective. I guess, I guess so. But pretty much any hobby that you take up, there's going to be some level of investment and some level of commitment in, um, whether it's golf or Woodworking. I mean, you can be a woodworker. You got to buy the tools. You got to get your material. Yeah, you know, I don't know. What about you, Will? Would you ever pick what it up? On? I tried it a little bit uh, when I was in college. I'm just, mm-hmm. I was so terrible at it <laughs> that eventually you, you know, people laughing at you just uh, gets old. So that that was the extent of my golf adventures. You didn't want to invest the time to get good. No, I, I didn't have the time to get good, and I just, I'd just go out there and drink beer pretty much. And, uh, you know, by the fourth hole, I was just wanting to drive the cart, and they didn't want me to do that either. So, See, Hey Dad has regularly offered that. He's like, I'm happy to go and hang out. And drink I'll drive beer. the cart, and drive the drink cart. the beer, read the greens. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen you putt. I don't think I want you to read greens either. <laughs> I'm just one worse than you. Although as bad as I'm putting these days, my goodness. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi rolling along with you on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll be right back. This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. To learn more, find them online at ceasefire.com slash business. William says golf would be a very expensive hobby for me if we added in the alimony involved for me adding <laughs> one more hobby. <laughs> 
I'm just worried, like, how much are golf balls? Because I'm going to be burning through those. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel good about my chances. I wouldn't necessarily suggest that you play Pro V ones or, you know, the hottest Bridgestone <laughs> or TaylorMade balls. Maybe we could, we could get yeah. you some, you know, X outs or something like that. They have ponds that are just filled with them. You just go out there and get them. You know, just go out there and, and get them. Yeah. By the way, Will, nothing more disappointing than you're like, oh, cool, it's Werewolves of London, and it's not. Oh, it's all summer long, by which is a yeah, it's all summer long, which is a uh, ripoff of uh, Werewolves of London. It's a ripoff That's, of yes. uh, Sweet Home Alabama. It's a ripoff of rock it's, music it's, in general. It's, it's and yet you played it. That's catchy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you catch something around that guy. <laughs> uh, apparently, he has a huge plane. Well, I'm not surprised right? by that. He's made a lot. Of, yeah, he's made a lot of money in the over the years. Yeah. You sell out all those arenas, you know. Big golfer too. I, I've heard that about him. I have a, a friend that played in a uh, golf tournament that he was in not too terribly long ago, and uh, said yeah. that, well, he's got the. Isn't his logo like the middle finger logo? I'm sure it is. I'm I, I would be willing to guess. Yes. <laughs> And it's got like that logo painted on the the tail of his airplane. <laughs> it's like, okay. Why isn't that our, our our logo? Well, that needs to be the Sports Talk Mississippi logo. It's an FCC thing. Uh, once again, back to them. <laughs> yeah, the old FCC just keeps raising its ugly head. Uh, I don't know. I, right, I, well. I don't think I could wear that logo around my kids either. Seems like that would be a bad plan. Imagine if that was just on the shirt right here. <laughs> just that'd be hilarious. You walk yeah, into the just, bank, to, you know, during your lunch break. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, hurry I had a up. meeting and with a client like, today. They're like, "What's that on your shirt?" Ah, uh, uh. uh, yeah. Um, Dwayne and Brandon sounds like Richard. Big play and plays golf. Uh, one out of two, anyway. <laughs> Kid Rock's got that two. cross money. I guess. <laughs> and and then I just want to picture. I just want to see Richard in a fedora, fur coat, and a pimp cane walking out on stage one day. That's what I want to see. You may have to wait a while for that. <laughs> I probably will, yeah, if I had to guess. I mean, unless that's what you decide to make me wear for the uh, Paul Verhoom event this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Oh, yeah, we're going to double down on this bet? I'm not sure I'm going to participate I mean, we can make another again. bet. Oh, you well, lost. We can make, oh, that's right, he did. That's right, he did. And do you know why he lost, Will? Would you like to say it out loud? I don't remember the exact you, parameters, but oh, I well, it, it, so the exact parameters were that Mississippi State. Let me pull a Borky here. Dominated <laughs> Ole Miss in athletics this year. And so, what does he have to wear? Uh, I have, I have, I am procuring uh, three Mississippi State jerseys for football, basketball, and baseball. I know Richard's big jersey guy. And uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be like the Oscars. It'll be an outfit change at the top of every hour. <laughs> I think we have shorter commercial breaks those days. I'm not really sure that we take uh, breaks if I remember. I'll, I'll, I'll get you in and out of those shirts, it's don't just you a jersey. worry. You pop it on, pop it off. There you just go. Pop it off and pop it back you on. Can, you can model no your, your pants, but you can't change a jersey? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh it's good to win. We get a uh, a question on the ceasefire text line about whether or not we saw the the rule or the uh, the new law going into effect in Missouri uh, in terms of NIL benefits that are allowing 
NIL benefits for high school players once they sign with an in-state school. And, yeah, we talked about it a a few days ago. And and the follow-up text was that Mississippi needed to change its law. And hmm, I'm not sure that there needs to be a reactionary legislative action for every single time a state tweaks its NIL laws. The Mississippi legislature has actually been very proactive in making sure that the law that's in place here is beneficial to the schools in the the state of Mississippi that gives them the chance to compete on a level playing field with surrounding states. I don't know that you necessarily need to make it where high school players, the second they sign with Southern or Mississippi State or Ole Miss, all of a sudden you can start popping benefits to them. I mean, I don't know it's the end of the world if you do that. But I also don't know if it creates that big of an advantage in recruiting. Maybe it does. Maybe it is something worth uh, continuing to look at. But I don't know that you just immediately have to react because Missouri did that. I agree. I agree. Four o'clock hour coming up. We're going to switch to some baseball conversation when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. from D1 Baseball are out. We will take a look at those coming up in just a couple of minutes. Where is Southern Miss? We'll let you know shortly. But first we tell you this is Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. A lot of cool stuff coming up at uh, Pearl River Resort. You can visit their website, pearlriverresort.com. Click on the events page, and then under entertainment, you can see some of the things that are coming up soon that you want to uh, check out, you want to be a part of. You can even buy tickets for Sawyer Brown. is coming up on Saturday, May 27th. Tickets available for the concert that will happen at the Silver Star Convention Center on sale. Now Jeff Foxworthy is coming to Philadelphia on June 3rd, also Center stage at Silver Star Convention Center tickets on sale. And Fluffy, Gabriella Iglesias, he's back on tour. He'll be at the Silver Star on July 1st. Tickets went on sale for that just a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And uh, they are available now. That's all for you at PearlRiverResort.com through the events page. Ceasefire text line is open. Should I try to rebrand myself like that? You know, he, Fluffy just sounds better than his, you know, his name. Makes you think something. Should I try to go that route? Should I? I don't know what I would be. You know, Puffy. Yeah. What 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 could I be? Should I? I feel like any suggestions. I, yeah, I feel like any suggestions I make would be um, not necessarily kind. And so maybe I should sit this little activity out. 
Will's just chomping at the bit over there. He's like, I got some ideas. Well, I have a few thoughts. I mean, you want me to pass them along? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Of course, you've been losing a lot of weight recently, so some of these might not apply anymore. But uh, I don't know. You never know. Never know. Are Are we down a little more? Uh, I haven't. I haven't weighed in a couple of weeks, so I don't know. Okay. Are you doing it like? That's good that you're not like a slave to the scale. That's part of the process. That's part of the process. Don't, don't, don't look at the scale every day. And if you look at the scale and it's not what you want, don't get frustrated. Okay. So what are you hoping for the next benchmark to be? Uh the next benchmark will be to get under three ten. Okay. So. And 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 you've shed fifty at this point, correct? Fifty five. You've shed fifty five. All right. So getting under three ten will that get you to the the sixty shed mark? Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I'm I mean not, that I'm not, genuinely. And I'm, I, we're, this is. This- <laughs> This is the thing. It's like neither one of us can give each other a genuine compliment. We both think the other one is screwing with us. It's yeah, like, no. Like, yes, I, I understand like you're I, being. I understand that you are being genuine, and I am being genuine when I say thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's hard work, dude. I mean, I, <laughs> that's, I, but, but, that's, but, that's the sign of that's the sign of good friends. By the way, <laughs> when you think everything's a joke, when you're like, I, you know, man, I'm so happy for you. Ah, oh, just stop messing with me. Yeah, that's 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 good friendship there. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's cool. I'm, I'm like, it's really neat. And, and I said hard work, and I know it has been hard work, but more than anything for you, it's been discipline, right? Just sticking to the plan and continuing yes. to monitor yes. what you eat and yes. keep an eye on your calories and maybe exercise every so, great once in a while. I had a meeting today in Macon, and on the way back, well, I rode down there with with somebody, and then we stopped at the Old Country Bakery in Brooksville, and I just walked oh, in, yeah. and there's this whole roll of all these donuts, and I was just like. Oh God! But I didn't have one. Good for did you. you. Just kind of did you just kind of stand there and go? It smells yeah. so good in here. Yeah, I was like, man, they had, they had a big thing of raspberry filled donuts, one of my favorites. I was just like, oh God, no, I can't. I shouldn't, and I didn't. I didn't. Good for you, because the list of names that I would have come up with before all of this. <laughs> You know, things like Fat Sajak or Blob or Blob Barker or Blob of the Hut or Chunky or Sir Eats a Lot or Fat Damon or, I don't know, just some of those I think would be, you know, Enormo the Clown, Enormo, you know, any variation of those I think would just be Mr. Big Pants, Mr. Big. You know, these would all be names that I would think that would, you know, I think they would Branding wise, I think they would be very well. I was me. thinking more along the lines of, of the way Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias does it, where he has his first name, his last name, and then quotes in the middle. Yeah. I'm always like, you, you read an obituary and you're like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm completely making up a name if this is a real name somewhere. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Frederick Bubba Smith. Hey, you know, we got to put Bubba in quotes. It's like, okay, this is what he was called, yeah. but it wasn't his actual name. So I didn't know if you were going like, to uh, just come up with something. I was to okay put until you got to a Normo the Clown. <laughs> That's when I started to tear up a little bit. That's when, oh, 
Does the uh-huh. ease with which those rolled off the tongue from Will bother you a little bit? Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty he big. He keeps a list. Of, I'm a pretty big guy. He so keeps I can a list be of names. And, me occasionally by the wife. He, <laughs> he keeps a, a list in his wallet for whenever he's ready to insult me. He's like, oh, let me just get this out. Hey, I, uh, <laughs> I, I ordered a piece of exercise <sighs> equipment this week. Go I ahead. Did. Never done that before. You did. Uh, never bought yeah. a treadmill. Never bought a stationary bike. No, it's not a Peloton. Uh, so I ordered a rowing machine and uh-huh. I've never done that before. So I'm like on the rare occasion that I get into like, Hey, I should try to kind of get in a little bit better shape or whatever. Usually at the encouragement of my wife, I'll do it for a very short time, like a couple of weeks. I did the CrossFit mm-hmm. thing for like a month one time. And then I just stopped, uh, the longest stretch I've ever had where I went to the gym Probably six months, and it was before we had kids, and Jane and I would go in the evenings, like most of the time. She still would go two or three times more than I went, but I would fairly regularly go and kind of got into a routine. It felt good and felt a little stronger or whatever, but it's just like going somewhere to go to. So I said, I've always kind of liked rowing, and I I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. it. You "You know what? I'm just going to try it. They, they say it's like a total body workout. It's good for cardio. You can kind of strengthen your arms, shoulders, back, legs, everything at once. I'm like, I can make myself your core, row. Your core. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Whatever I can make is. myself row for 15 or 20 minutes a day, three, four, five times a week, whatever it is. I, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And so I looked at this thing and looked at it and looked at it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I ordered it, and then it's like, your order will be processed within one to three days. Once your order has been processed, we will begin to package it so that it can ship in three to five business days. Once it ships, it should take four to six business days to get. I'm like, I'm not even going to want to do this anytime anymore by the time it gets here. I ordered it two days ago. I got an email this morning that said it had shipped and it would be here on Friday. So oh, there you go. We're going to hang in there. You should we'll have gotten a boat and you could have rowed a little bit and then fished while you were in it. That's right up your alley. Yeah, not a big angler. But uh, so yeah, we'll see. Are you not? I thought you're big. I just thought you were an outdoorsman in general. Uh, I love being outside, but I'm not like, oh, I have to go fish or I have to go hunt. Okay. Well, Obi wants it. to fish more. I, I should do that more. <sighs> I, st- I still have not caught my breath from the list yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tap dancing for you, trying yeah. to trying to get you there. Most of the Man, uh, I am I am out of breath. <laughs> Most of the exercise equipment I have, obviously, <laughs> you can see by me, turns into clotheslines, you know, where I hang clothes and eventually collects dust yeah. and eventually puts it on Facebook Marketplace. So I've got we a, have a treadmill machine. in my house, but my, my wife uses it. I do not. I've got a rowing machine. I don't think I've ever <laughs> once used it. Somebody gave it to us, and it is literally. I put it in the house, and that's where it has sat for years and years and years, and will probably continue to sit. Somebody said rowing machines are awesome. They work everything. Hey, you just got to make yourself get on it and do it every day, right? I feel like I can go, like, podcast or watch something on television, whatever. Uh, somebody said, did I miss where the price of dumbbells skyrocketed? I bought two, and the total was $82. Yeah, man, I mean, even if you use cinder blocks, cinder blocks are more expensive than they used to be. <laughs> and they're far more cumbersome than dumbbells. Yeah. Worth the investment. <laughs> worth, uh, worth the investment. Um, Ceasefire text line. That's where you can be part of the show. 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for wireless solutions, mm-hmm. fiber to the home, or business IT help, let Ceasefire help you. Learn more at ceasefire.com. 
Even those twelve ounce curls are more expensive these days. I mean, it's just you know, everything's yeah. more expensive. If Haydad got on a rowing machine, he would drop another fifty pounds quickly. Well, bad news. I'm not getting on a rowing machine. Yeah, my ancestors all all had to probably serve on the Roman galleys at some point. I'm I'm, I'm out on that number. <laughs> Oh, me, David DeLucci on the Farm Bureau <laughs> guest line on the other side of this break. Um, do we need to I ask can't wait to clip that out for tomorrow. I'm going to I'm gonna tweet that names? out. Yeah, that, that's happening. That that will be on uh, Twitter tomorrow, I promise. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll talk college baseball next. Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi streaming at Super Talk Mississippi and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Let's go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Glad to be with you this afternoon. Glad to have David DeLucci, former big leaguer, former All-American at Ole Miss and college baseball analyst for the SEC Network and ESPN joining us right now. Mr. DeLucci. Happy Wednesday to you. What's up? Oh, just a whole lot of baseball and preparing for a late season run. It's an exciting weekend. Um, looking forward to it, and we're getting into uh, every college baseball fan's uh, favorite time of the year, SEC tournament, Hoover, and then NCAA regional. So it's an awesome, awesome time of year. It is, and it's a little bit maybe less favorite this time of year for Ole Miss fans and potentially Mississippi State fans. Ole Miss already mathematically eliminated. Mississippi State, they got to have a pretty magical weekend if uh, if they're going to get there. A tough season for the uh, the teams in the SEC from the Magnolia State. It is, and it's unfortunate, Richard. I, I mean, I, I hope Mississippi State can make a run. It's, it's going to take some good play on their part and some bad play on a couple other teams. But, man, to think about uh, what we're going to miss out on as far as crowd in Hoover without the Ole Miss Rebels and potentially without Mississippi State, it's it's just going to – it'll be totally different. The atmosphere is so much better uh, when those fans are, are there. And I'm sure there will be a, a bunch of diehards that are still going to go because they love making that trip. But – Without hearing them cheer for their team, without the cowbells, without the hotty toddy chants, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it certainly is going to be a, uh, a different vibe when you're there. I, I want to ask you about one other thing related to Mississippi. We got the news yesterday that uh, Scott Berry is retiring after this season. Uh, I know you know Scott well. You and I were fortunate to work together on a regional in Hattiesburg a few years ago. Just one of the great ambassadors for the game, one of the great men in the game, a great teacher. 
And uh, mixed emotions, right? When when you see a guy like that step away from the game, you're happy for him that he's gotten to the point where he's able to go out on his terms and, and retire. But at the same time, you're kind of losing something in college baseball. It's it's amazing. Like I knew, I read it as well. And then when you just said it, uh, the hair on the back of my neck stood up because it it, it hit me again. And and man, I feel bad for college baseball um, because we are all going to miss out on what he brings to the game, to the sport, to the area. Um, but I feel worse for every young player that is not going to be able to experience either playing for Scott or against Scott because he's, he's one of the best, man. And, and uh, to, to consider what he has done and the success that Southern Miss has had in the shadow of two monster baseball programs in Mississippi State and Ole Miss uh, is truly incredible, man. And, and I know watching – uh, midweek games between the Rebels and, and Southern Miss, you, you did not know whether Ole Miss was going to win or whether Southern Miss was, was gonna be the victor. And same thing went for State. I mean, that's how good he had that program. And I don't think we'll ever, uh, truly understand what he's accomplished. Uh, a team that was consistently knocking on the door to making a run in Omaha. Um, with with far less facilities and money and um, you name it uh, in in the world of college baseball than a lot of other programs in the state and around the country is just a magnificent human being on and off the field. So, David, as we look to this final weekend of the uh, of the regular season, what do you think the the biggest storyline is? I, I talked with Kendall Rogers yesterday, and I said, you know, it's crazy that one of the really big storylines this weekend is the Auburn Missouri series, where you've got Auburn potentially trying to play themselves into a host spot, which who would have thought that at the halfway point? And Missouri as hot as anybody and swinging the heck out of it. And I know you had a chance to to talk to Luke Mann on on uh, on Rally Cap on Sunday. Yeah, so so I, I put out a weekly newsletter, uh, or Rally Cap also puts out a weekly newsletter, and that was actually my series to watch. Uh, as you said, believe it or not, we're we're focused on Missouri, um, Auburn. I can understand they've gone to the College World Series two of the last what three uh, full seasons that we've had, but Missouri has just made an incredible run. Um, let's not forget it started out opening week in the season. They beat number 26 at the time, Texas and 16, uh, ranked country TCU. Then they swept Tennessee. At that time, they were number four in the nation in the opening of conference. And then all of a sudden they lost almost every pitcher on their pitching staff due to injuries. But it's a veteran heavy team with a tremendous offense that just kept battling and they hung around and hung around and, and, and look, uh, I mean, uh, they're averaging just over 11 runs per game in their last seven contests. So, um, it's a team that is dangerous. Uh, it's a team that has zero quit whatsoever. Uh, they're fun to watch and, and it's a team that you pull for so that they can experience, uh, a Hoover and potentially if they do get a sweep and they go deep in Hoover, there is a chance they make it to the NCAA regional. And then on the other side, you've got an Auburn team that is absolutely crushing the ball. Aside from sweeping Ole Miss, they they was, had a series win against South Carolina, LSU, um, an amazing run on that team, and has lacked 
their number one starter all the way since opening weekend, and they just pieced it together. Uh, and if they win the series, possibly sweep, they may be hosting a regional at the Plains. So there's a lot on the line in that series. It's, it's two fun teams playing really well at the right time of the year. We talked about this earlier in the week. Mississippi State going to LSU and playing the way they did and managing to get two wins was really impressive. It was certainly good for a Mississippi State team that has continued to play hard despite some deficiencies on their roster. But I thought the bigger story out of that was looking at this LSU team, they've got problems. And I'm not sure that that's a roster with the injuries that they've got and the pitching issues that they've got that is constructed in a way that can win a national title, that maybe even can get to Omaha. You're 100% right. I I, I mean, early on in the year, you thought it was the juggernaut that nobody was going to beat. Granted, they lost Grant Taylor in the fall. That was as big of a prospect as Paul Skeens. But they have not had guys step up. There's been two major injuries in the bullpen. Um, But you also just look around, you go, okay, you got Christian Little, you got Ty Floyd, both these guys throw 95 to 97. They've got filthy breaking pitches. What is the deal? Why can't they throw the ball over the plate? LSU's bullpen has been shaky. And, and when you, you, you go through Paul Skeens and you hope to God that he's going to give you the starts that he's been given all year long. Um, and there's no reason to doubt him. But after that, you're depending on a bullpen that cannot throw strikes. You're going to unleash potentially, you know, he threw, LSU threw nine relievers in game three against Mississippi State and four in game two. Um, as a hitter, if I know I'm going to see every reliever in the bullpen and I'm going to see what he's offering and how his breaking pitches break and what his velocity is, I'm like, this is great. I'm going to be set up for game three. If this guy comes back in, the advantage goes to me. So, um, yeah, it, it's crazy, especially knowing that they're going to get into a regional and, and Paul Skeens will give you everything he's got, but you've got to have one or two other guys that steps up uh, or they're in big, big trouble. The home runs. I know you guys talked about it on Rally Caps the other night, and then Dari asked you why, but the numbers are staggered. We're about a quarter of a home run per game played across all of college baseball up. I think it's... Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, so I'm not going to try to get them. Can you explain why? But why is the ball leaving the yard at the frequency that it's leaving the yard this year? So I, on Rally Cap, I gave several several um, of answers that I think have something to do with it. I don't know if, if one is bigger than the other. But let's not forget, we're still uh, in in the state of the game where players are older because of COVID, we still have those COVID guys that have an extra year. And you think of Tim Elko was like 25 years old last year. We still have guys that are 25 years old playing college baseball. So that has a lot to do with it. Obviously, the strength and conditioning programs have improved tremendously over the last couple of years. Guys are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Um, bats, the technology that we have in the bats are, are far more advanced than we've ever seen. The track man strike zone, which umpires are getting graded off of this computerized mm-hmm. video strike zone, is forcing the umps to call pitches over the heart of the plate and call balls uh, just off the corners where you were getting those if you were a pitcher in the last several years. Um, and then the emergence of trying to throw the fastball up in the strike zone. When you do that, when you throw a fastball above the belt, 
you tend to lose more movement. The ball flattens yeah. out, four-seam pitches are easier to hit, and then you mm-hmm. have to complement it with breaking pitches that are also up in the strike zone, and you get more hanging breaking pitches than before. I, I think of the four home runs that Calvin Harris hit. All of those pitches were belt-high almost in the exact same spot place. They weren't all fastballs, but they were all yeah. in the same area. Uh, kind of a confluence with, of events, I guess, this year. Four yeah. SEC teams, Luch, with over 100 home runs this season. Uh, hey, our time always goes too fast. I'm sorry we're out of it. I appreciate, as always, getting to visit with you. We'll talk soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Sing it, hey, Dad. Music and smoke. Well, all the cowboy folks go scooting boogie. I just sang the exact words. There's a delay, though, because so I, I thought you were like, the way it sounded to me, you were waiting to hear the words, and then you were singing well, them back. Well, are you gonna are you gonna be gonna back me up on this? You were a little behind on it. It was like you were kind of, you were oh my gosh you were faking you it. You kind of thought you knew what it was, but you didn't really know what it was. <laughs> That's you know, there's no there's no pleasing y'all. It's it's fair. This, it's yeah. fair. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Great to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Um, good conversation with David Delucci. There, there are. It's unfair to start saying you know this guy loves college baseball more than anybody, but David Delucci's passion for college baseball is off the charts. And David's one of those guys that that has he he obviously works for ESPN for the SEC Network and is involved in the coverage, but he's one of those guys that looks at it, it's like we could be doing so much more. We could be doing so much more for college baseball. It will explode if given the chance to explode. And I think he's right about that. And, and hey, Dan, that's something we've talked about before. We know the passion exists where we live. That passion can spread. Massive crowds always at the College World Series. But I feel like given the opportunity to really consume college baseball, a whole lot more people would gravitate to it. Hundred percent, hundred percent, because it's a fun sport. It has passion. It has, especially here in the South, we have such great crowds, great stadiums, great traditions. I mean, if you're a fan of the game of baseball, and you, you got to be a neutral fan because it was very stressful. But go back to the Saturday game between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. That's a fantastic baseball game. Drama in in almost every inning. High stakes. Big plays. Big home runs. It's just a great college baseball game. And it's a great baseball game. I I would be willing to bet that day in Major League Baseball didn't have a more drama-packed, exciting baseball game played. But it's become such a niche thing here in the, in the South, you know, because they don't really play much of it in the North. Because of the weather, you can't get out there until, you know, midway through the season. 
It's different in Major League Baseball where, okay, you know, the first couple months are what they are, but you still have six months after that. It's just different with college. I, I don't know the answer. I mean, I guess the, the easy answer is start the season in April or something like that, but I don't know. I don't know, but I, I do think, yeah, I agree with you that if the nation gave, if ESPN were to push college baseball the way they've pushed other sports, and fair or unfair, uh, college baseball would be a sport that could take off and have big national interest. Yeah, and and look, I mean, college softball has greatly benefited from the exposure that it has gotten from ESPN, and and nobody has to apologize for that. It's great. But college baseball could grow in the same way. Here's the other thing, and I give all the credit in the world to Mississippi State for starting this trend, but others have gravitated to it as well. When you think about the crowds that you see in Oxford and in Fayetteville in particular, LSU was big crowds already, but LSU is also in a big city. I know Fayetteville is growing as well. And it makes it easier for them to draw big crowds to their games. And they won six national titles. I mean, they grew that thing by Skip Burtman's hard work and going and speaking to every Rotary Club and convincing people to come to games. Mississippi State made baseball a party. Right? They made it a tailgate party in the outfield with, you know, all of the rigs and the left field lounge and all of the stuff that went along with that. And it was like other people looked at that and were like, that looks fun. And when Ole Miss finally got got around to cutting down the pine trees in left field and making it easy for students to go to right field and have fun, it turned into a party as well. And make all the jokes you want about never lost a party, whatever, that's the reason that Ole Miss baseball grew. They were winning. Mike Bianco was selling the program, but it turned into a social event. Same thing at Arkansas. Arkansas, with that, th- those pictures you see from the hog pen beyond the left field wall at Ballmarker Stadium, if you're more than about six people deep, you can't see the field. It's not like at Swayze where it's terraced and right. It's not like the way they've rebuilt the outfield in Mississippi State where there are levels where you can see onto the playing surface and watch the game. It's like just a, like a one degree incline. It's flat. But you got, that's where they put all the Arkansas students. There are 3,000 of them out there for a game. The point I'm making in this is when you make it fun, Florida has made it fun with the bermed areas. There's, a, there's an element of if you, will, if you build it, they will come that Scott Strickland employed with that new ballpark in Gainesville. Florida's crowds have been up big time this year from what they were at Old McKeeson Stadium. So, again, the point in all of that is, if you create a party, people will come, and they'll realize it's fun, and then they'll keep coming. Georgia has missed a massive opportunity in not doing anything beyond their right field wall for their students. They could have created the exact same thing in Athens. 32, 35,000 students at Georgia, you don't think on sunny Saturday afternoons in the, in the spring they'd be interested in going out and sitting beyond the right field wall and bringing a cooler and watching baseball? It, Maybe. It feels Maybe. like that's not that difficult of a sell. Yeah. I think there are programs throughout the Midwest, throughout Texas and other places, that if they would embrace that, maybe even in places in California where it's like, oh, there's so much to do on the West Coast, you can go. How many times we are? Well, you can go to the beach. Eh. 
Okay. If you give college students a reason to go and have fun, they'll do it. If you embrace that, I don't understand why more haven't seen what the pictures look like and then embraced it all across the country. Hmm. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We've got D1 Baseball's newest regional projections. You have mixed feelings about doing this. Like there's a level of depression that goes along with it. No, because I, I swallowed down that depression and I'm good. And I, I don't worry about it anymore. I, I stopped worrying about it right when Auburn got the lead in, on Sunday. I said, that's, I can tap out now. Um, okay. the only, but I will say one thing that is depressing about these, about these, uh, projections. And I'm sure you're, you're you know, you might have led with it, but I'll, I'll just take it from you. Southern Miss and Baton Rouge. I mean, come on. I knew LSU was going to drop down, but I was kind of hoping Southern could stay away. I really do think if Southern gets another sweep this weekend, when we see it next weekend, we're going to see the Hattiesburg Regional on these projections. But Southern does not need to go to Baton Rouge. Although I will say this, the way LSU's playing right now, that and the feels... fact that they can throw, yeah, the fact that they can put Skeens, put Tanner Hall against Paul Skeens, and you got a, a, a real chance there. That's two of the best pitchers in college baseball. It's winnable. It's winnable for, for Southern. So maybe they want to go there. I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, it's gone from like a death sentence to almost like a reward. Possibly. Possibly. It's a pardon. If you're LSU, we were talking about this with Kendall yesterday, you have to hold Paul Skeens. You have to, don't you? Yes, but that's big, the question becomes, can Southern, I don't know who the three seat is in that region. I, I, I don't, if you want to pull it up and tell me. Can Southern hold Tanner Hall? I think they can. I think they could against whoever the three seed is there. Who is it? Oklahoma. The five is LSU. Oklahoma. It's just funny, by the way. It's a, we can't get away from Oklahoma in this state. Uh, yeah, I, I think Southern could win that game without without Tanner Hall. It's it's a little riskier, but I, I, I'm a big believer in you have to play to win the regional. You you can't play to win game one. Yeah. It's great to win game one, but you got to win the regional. You have to play to win game one and game two. If you win game one and game two, the odds are overwhelming. Yeah, right. You have to. You have to. You have to assume that LSU will win, and that you'll face Paul Skeens on Saturday. You got to save Tanner Hall for that game. But I believe in in USM's ability to beat Oklahoma. I do too. I do too. Uh, Wake Forest, the number one overall seed, Arkansas up to the number two. Florida, the number three, LSU, four, Stanford, five, West Virginia, six, Clemson, seven, Vanderbilt, eight. Other side of the bracket, Virginia, nine, Kentucky, ten, South Carolina, 11, Coastal Carolina, 12. It's kind of where they've been for a while. Coral Gables, Miami, 13, Oklahoma State, 14, Duke, 15, Oregon State, Getting hot at the end of the year, playing to the number 16 seed. We'll tell you what teams are in those regionals as projected by D1 Baseball when we come back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. May not be good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. 
heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. All guests on Sports Talk appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Hey, Dad, what day is today? I think I've said it a time or two. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. You know what happens on Wednesdays? Church for uh, a lot AEW of people. Dynamite is tonight. Oh, well, good enough. All right, well, you can check out AEW Dynamite tonight on your television, and uh, your local churches probably have services if you want to go. All right, let's get back to Don the uh, regional. Pre- oh, wait, there's one other thing that happens on Wednesday nights. Immediately after Sports Talk Mississippi, it is Thunder and Lightning. Oh, Thunder I got to do it. I'm about to say I got to do Hosted by Brian Haydad. Do you have a guest tonight? No guest tonight. Just uh, me and my warm thoughts. Uh you got an hour's worth of thoughts? I do. I do. Well, it's, you know, it's only like 46 minutes when you take the breaks out. Enormo the Clown and his thoughts on Thunder and Lightning coming up immediately after Sports <laughs> Talk Mississippi on these Super Talk get, Mississippi Can somebody stations. get me a bow tie that spins like, like some suspenders? All right, so Wake Forest gets UConn, UC Irvine, and Maine in this projection from D1 Baseball. Arkansas gets Texas, Oral Roberts, and Little Rock. Florida gets Oregon, Troy, and Alabama State. LSU gets Southern Miss, Oklahoma, and Nichols. Is Nichols who they played last night? They had a time, and they had to come from... No, it was McNeese. They lost to Nichols a few weeks ago, though. Stanford, this Boston College... Shipped west to Stanford from hosting to going all the way across the country. Plus, you see, some games. You see, Santa Barbara and Loyola Marymount. I assume so. West Virginia. Oh, 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 this is too good to be true. West Virginia, Tennessee, Notre Dame, and Ryder. A rematch. Clemson. A grudge match. Campbell, Texas Tech, who is red hot, and Davidson. Campbell, that's that you don't want to see them. Or Texas Tech. Nah, Texas Tech. uh, Tadlock, those teams always, always in the postseason. Vandy, Indiana, Arizona State, Kent State, Uh, Virginia, East Carolina, in Charlottesville, Northeastern, and Pennsylvania. Hmm. Kentucky. Indiana State, Sycamores have been really good. Iowa and Wright State. South Carolina, oh, this is a good one. South Carolina, North Carolina, Southern Cal, and Central Connecticut State. Find out who the real USC is, finally. Coastal Carolina, Auburn, TCU, Mercer. Pretty good in Conway. That flips if, if Southern Miss 
gets ahead of Coastal, they're tied for the conference lead right now. If they get ahead of them, that's going to flip to the Hattiesburg Regional. You have to believe. Maybe. Coastal's got a really good RPI, good strength of schedule. Did they hold on and beat North Carolina last night? I stopped watching it before it was over. Didn't go back and check. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Miami, Washington, Florida Gulf Coast, and Army. Oklahoma State, Dallas Baptist, Texas A&M, Sam Houston State, Duke, Alabama, Kansas State, UNC Wilmington, Oregon State, Maryland, Cal State Fullerton, and Air Force. Air Force without Paul Skeens. Less daunting. So that's uh, D1 Baseball's projection. Baseball America put their newest projections out today as well. We might try and uh, take a look at that coming up a little bit later. If you're in the market for a new Ford or Toyota vehicle, new or used, I would encourage you to check out my friends at Belk Ford Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know that new vehicles have been hard to come by for really the better part of two years, kind of going back post-pandemic, microchip shortage, all of the things. uh, Production lines were down and it slowed, but Belk Ford has finally caught up. We've got a great selection of F-150s. They've got some super duties. The F-250s on the lot as well. SUVs are available. And if you're looking for a Toyota car, truck, SUV, you can check out Oxford Toyota as well. Plus, a huge selection of used inventory. And here's the thing. Belk Ford is a family business, and that's how they're going to treat you when you walk through the door. Like family. They're not going to be pushy. They're not like just like, how fast can we sell something to them and get them on the road so we can move on to the next person? You're not just a tick mark on the window for another sale. You're going to be treated like family when you stop by. You can check out their inventory or find out more about the dealership online at belkford.net. What I'd really encourage you to do, though, is if you're in the market, reach out to them. Talk to them about what they've got available or stop by anytime. Highway 6 West in Oxford. It's Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. 5 o'clock hour. Coastal won that game. Okay, they did beat North Carolina last night. Mm-hmm. 5 o'clock hour coming up. College football fix to start things off when we come back. On Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour with you. It is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky is out today. Brian Haydad. Will East is in for Borky. Let's go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. That's how we're going to start the 5 o'clock hour. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. He is covering in great detail a story that is happening in two conferences, frankly on two sides of the the continent, Uh, but there are some, some similarities. Ross, always appreciate your time. Good catching up. This has got layers, right? The ACC... The Big 12, the Pac-12, is there anything new today? The, the reporting you've done has been really good. Thanks, man. Um, nothing uh, nothing real new, no. Uh, the ACC uh, broke their meetings uh, earlier today, and uh, Commissioner Jim Phillips did 
talked to the media there in Amelia Island, uh, down on the coast of Jacksonville, about the meetings, kind of had a wrap-up. It's exactly what you would think uh, they said. They said, you know, uh, everything's good, we're unified, we're, we're all together, uh, we're, we're going to make it, uh, sort of thing. When in reality, right, they, they had a portion of the, uh, a portion of the, of the membership, um, get together over the last few months and, um, talk about, you know, dissolving the league or getting out of the grant of rights in some way. So it's definitely a, a sticky situation over there. As for the Pac-12, actually, there was some news that came out yesterday. On that, the Pac-12 presidents met Monday. There's no real resolution with the TV deal. In fact, the news that came out yesterday from Ray Anderson, the Arizona State mm-hmm. Athletic Director, was not great. Uh, he said that a Pac-12 TV deal now looking more like August. Um, so it's um, probably not a good sign for the league's stability and the TV situation at all. All right, so let, let's start on the ACC side of things. Publicly, both collectively and individually, the ACC seems to be singing kumbaya. But privately, based on your reporting and others, I mean, it's like there's infighting and, I, I mean, this idea that they're floating about tiered payments based on success on the field, did, did they watch the Big 12 and not see how... <laughs> imbalanced league payments or payments to teams within the league will lead to the destruction of your conference? Yeah, it, it's um, it, the, the thing is, is I think a, a vast majority or maybe roughly half of the league didn't want to do this. You know, they were pushing back and they have the last few months on doing an unequal merit-based revenue distribution model. But when you have the powers in the conference, the big money makers and revenue generators um, threatening to leave and challenge the grant of rights or to get a group of get together to dissolve the league, you kind of got to do something, I guess, is the feeling. And this, at least for now, may appease some of those schools, namely Clemson and Florida State. They've been the most public, but... Um, Miami is in that group, and probably North Carolina, too. They're probably the four most valuable uh, in the conference. Yeah. It will be in for a little while. Um, but, you know, but it's not going to be a big enough amount of money to make up the difference, is it? Probably not. You know, right now you're looking at by 2026, 2027, the ACC schools will be bringing in around 20 to $30 million less a year than those SEC and Big Ten schools. Um, so, and you're talking about this new revenue model. If a team in the ACC has the most success they could ever dream of uh, in the CFP and say basketball tournaments, uh, they may get you know seven, eight million dollars uh, additional. Uh, but it's probably on an average year going to be more like three, five million dollars, uh, I would guess. And you're talking about a twenty to thirty million dollar gap. So. It's not much. Uh, it's a Band-Aid, as I've been saying. It's kind of a Band-Aid on a lost limb. Um, but that's that's all they have right now. You know, yeah. um, they they have been working to create additional revenue. I know Jim Phillips has, has been trying to do that, um, to close that gap, but there's not a whole lot of options. So 
Is the nuclear option a group of seven teams league the league and therefore the league dissolves and therefore the grant of rights goes away? I mean, is that is that the reason that, you know, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Duke, etc. would accept these terms? Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know that that group of seven that in, in you know, to go back, give more detail on this, the, the group of seven, which, which are Clemson, Florida state, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina state, Virginia, and Virginia tech. Mm-hmm. They, they've been meeting, um, separately, uh, with one another, um, from separately from the rest with one another, probably four or five, six times over the last, I don't know, six to eight months or so. So this has been a long thing, actually shocking. It <laughs> took this long to, to get out. Um, but I don't think that seven uh, approached the conference or approached the other seven saying, hey, we're going to, you know, with a threat, hey, we're going to leave or else. I don't think they did that. Were they planning on doing that at some point? Maybe so. But it becoming public in my story Monday morning, right, um, kind of did it for them in a lot of ways. And, and, sure. and I think it expedited this revenue sharing uh, situation that, 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 you know, progressed this week. Uh, so I don't know that it was going to be a threat made to them at some point, maybe, um, but certainly it being public, they probably, the other seven in Jim Phillips probably saw it as a threat and they saw it as a, uh, a, a uh, something they, you know, a trigger to, to get them moving on the uh, on the revenue sharing model, and I'm not saying the seven organization of seven is, you know, this coalition is completely dead. Uh, I'd be surprised. I think it's unlikely that it continues down the path that at some point it was, which was dissolving league and maybe getting out of the grant of rights and maybe starting a new another association or finding a home somewhere. But I know it's still very much alive. Is that individual schools believe? that they can um, get out of the grant of rights. And so if they have a home somewhere at some point, I think they'll take it and they'll take the risk. So so with their individual legal counsel, they do think they can get out? I believe so. Um, okay. Now, you know, you don't <laughs> – it's one thing to say that now when you don't have the invitation somewhere or you're not pushing the button to eject. When it comes time to push that button – yeah, it's a little more difficult because I can tell you back in February, the sev- coalition of seven was getting fairly serious in talking about, you know, a dissolution option of the team. And guess what happened when things got serious? The conversation got to the presidential level and it was at least put on pause. So when it comes yeah. to the time we have to push that button, it gets a little more difficult. All right. So let's go back out west. Uh, you said Ray Anderson's comments. He's the athletics director at Arizona State. Looks like later in the summer before they get the, the TV deal. I feel like based on what we know from Brett Yormark, he's starting to push. The, the Big 12 commissioners going, see, you're, you're still not, you still don't have a deal. It's not going to be any good. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, those are the four that we've talked about. Come on, stop waiting. It appears as if... Ray Anderson's singing kumbaya for the, the Pac-12 as well, or Pac-10 or whatever they are now. Arizona seems to have been content to wait. How much longer are they going to wait before they make a decision on what's best for them? Do they have to hurry? So that's the big, yeah, that's the big question. These, uh, you know, Brett Yolmark, it's been pretty, 
pretty uh, made made pretty public that he's been chasing these four corner schools they call them Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado from the Pac-12 to come into his league because he says his conference is more stable. It's got a TV deal done. Uh, you know, he claims it's going to be more than a Pac-12 deal. It's going to be better. So he's been trying to get them, and uh, I think there's some. I'd say, namely, maybe Colorado, maybe Arizona, that are probably people feel are more movable. Um, and there probably is some impatience seeping in. Uh, we're going to be, I think July or August is going to make a year that this has been going on, the Pac-12 trying to chase and finalize a new TV contract. So at one point, yeah, at what point, and that's a, a good question, is at what point the, the, the patience runs out in these schools decide to jump ship. Um, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, uh, and, and when you talk to people out West, like you said, even even at those schools, the Arizonas and Colorados, they'll still sing Kumbaya, right? They're, they're publicly, they're, and even privately some, most of them are singing Kumbaya. So it, it's hard to tell um, hmm. when they're going to, pull this trigger and jump or if they're going to pull it and jump at all uh, but I can tell you it not being done until now you know July and in August maybe is, is probably not a good sign for the not a good sign hey given the lack of baseball in the month of June we're happy to have some uh, some good college football content to <laughs> talk about thanks for providing that my friend no problem thanks We'll talk to you soon. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. an opportunity to uh, play Kumbaya for the bump music there, Will. Yeah, or uh, Come Together Right Now. Come Together Right Now. We're back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. It's the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. What's What's that face? Hey, Dad. I don't, I don't get the references y'all are making for the first time ever. Did you listen to the I, I conversation guess, guess you, that we just had with No, I, I completely Ross, that out. Ross Dellinger? Couldn't have been less interested. Yes, I was. Now I get it. I get it now that I think about it. Said talked about how the conferences kept saying <laughs> funny. The funny the funny at the end there you were like we had great college football talk. I was like, "Where?" Mm. We talked about schmuck. the business of college football. Yes, which is wildly fascinating. It is to me, anyway. I know you. Um, oh, I've got something for you, by the way. I got a. Uh, I got. A, I may have something for you. I'll tell you about it. I'll send you a text later. Can't okay. tell you on the show. Let's look top, forward to top it. secret business. Yeah. Good radio. Good radio. <laughs> what could it be? Tune in tomorrow. Still won't tell you. Uh, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, two eighteen-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Even Brian Haydad will vouch, uh, vouch for Dancing Rabbit. It's great. It's gorgeous. And you can play it. 
And all you got to do is go to their website, dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can plan your trip. You can book your tee time right there. Or if you are technologically challenged or you just don't like booking stuff online, you can call them. Talk to one of the great people in the golf shop, and they will get you squared away. That's Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, part of Pearl River Resort, pearlriverresort.com. We, uh, we are glad to be with you this afternoon. Uh, Ceasefire text line is the way for you to be in touch with us at 601-879-4395. Let's jump into a little college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Story from On3. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. It was written by Pete Nakos, and the headline is High School Recruiting's uh, Multi-Million NIL Bidding Wars Seeing Reset. It's a wordy headline, but the point is this. Last year <laughs> we had... Yeah, yes. Last year we had big numbers. The reported $8 million deal for five-star quarterback Nico Ayamalieva, who went to Tennessee. The, what was it? Was it $13 million for Jalen Rashad, Jaden Rashada? Or am I just that making is, that up now? That was the number. No, no, that that's the, the number they threw out. Yeah. $13 million. He writes that a year later, those startling financial packages have dropped down to six figures, according to numerous sources on three as interviewed in recent weeks. Almost nobody has heard of a seven-figure NIL package being signed in the 2024 recruiting cycle. The right five-star prospect can command a million-dollar agreement, yet spread that out over three or four years. There were some quotes in here that really stood out to me. A blue-chip receiver prospect for 2024 said, quote, Talk about a high school kid. Throwing the six figures of money I heard about was pretty shocking. There were some schools trying to throw a bag out there, like a serious type of bag, like some money I've never seen before. One operator of an SEC collective said, you're able to read the tea leaves a little bit, and you're seeing a little bit of a reset in the marketplace. The marketplace is starting to calm down a little bit. Um, there was another recruit that said when it came out that Nico was making $8 million, it was over four years. He's not making $8 million per year like a lot of people thought he was. That's still a boatload of money. Uh, yeah, $2 million a year is a boatload of money. Just talking with some of the guys who have been in the transfer portal recently that I know personally and I've grown up with, they kind of told me that for quarterbacks, it's in the six-figure per year category. Anywhere from like 100K to 500K, stuff like that. There's a handful of guys that are getting a lot more. Those are a small percentage. Um, there are people that are talking about budget management for collectives and trying to decide where the best to spend the money is. So how about this? A coach can look at a lineman and go, he's really good. They can watch the film and see him in person and say, here's what I think he can become. This is a quote from an agent working with numerous defensive linemen. He says, linemen are a lot more predictable. Nobody's saying this guy or that guy is going to start immediately like some other positions. 
You also don't want to pay a higher price a couple of years later in the portal. In the portal, projecting a quarterback, he can be good against high school competition, but in high school, you can throw the ball when the receiver's open. You have to throw it before they're open at the next level. What do some of these quotes say to you, Hey Dad? Well, it's it's really the least shocking thing ever to me that a bunch of rich folks who are obsessed with college football, who have been involved from behind the scenes for decades, now that they were, they were out there, decided to you know show everybody how much money they had. And so, oh, yeah, I got that guy. I got that. And now you're like, wait a minute. I just dropped $8 million on this guy who may or may never even play a snap for the university. So I'm not surprised at these guys, who I have to assume they got their money because they're businessmen at some level, or rethinking that strategy a little bit. It, it's it's really not that surprising to me. And I, I think it's going to continue to be that way. I think you might look next year and you're like, the top, top guys might get six figures, but, you know, your four-star kids, they're going to be looking at, you know, trying to get what they can. I, I, I think that's going to be the trend for the next year. I think that, I think that first year was like money was burning a hole in everybody's pocket. They had to go out and get players. It has to be this way. And now you realize... Wait a minute. This is a terrible investment, and I, you know I'm not trying to you know come across as a homer. It probably will, but that's why I like what state's doing. I like the idea of you know in the portal you have to spend money, but those are proven guys for the most part. But you're better off trying to keep your guys in place than you are trying to go get high school freshmen who may or may not ever pan out for you. You know the the thing that I like about what Mississippi State has done, and and this is personal opinion, I think some of what Charlie has done has been out of necessity, right, the, the Bulldog initiative. And Charlie has basically said, if we're talking about an arms race where it's just about the number of dollars, we're not finishing first. We're, we're not high on the list there. But they've been very budget conscious about the way that they have gone about the deals that they've gone about. They've had to manage the money, whereas there are a lot of places where there hasn't been a whole lot of management. It's just like, just do what you got to do, do what you got to do, without necessarily thinking about the long term. Here are a couple of more quotes. An SEC collective leader who was blunt, quote, we're all thinking we have to soften up the market, close quote. He referenced the problem of paying a high school recruit more than a player who has spent two or three years at a school. Coaches don't like the message it can send in the locker room. Makes sense. Yeah. Here's a leader from a collective management company when asked about fundraising. Every collective is about to running run into a bleeping wall. So from the very beginning, people that weren't just like, oh, money, 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 play them all, pay them all. Like, like people that were asking a, a serious question about collectives, and about this money, it's a question we've asked a bunch here. Is it sustainable? Maybe it's sustainable at Texas A&M, as long as the price of oil is at a certain level. Maybe they can generate 20 to $30 million a year if they need to for a class. There's, there, there are two problems with that. Is the twenty to thirty million your payment for your entire team for a year, or is that twenty to thirty million in new money where in reality you've got to have more like sixty to eighty million 
over the course of three or four years so, so that you can take care of an entire cycle? I don't know the answer to that. But outside of Texas A&M, what, Ole Miss had the great run last year in terms of fundraising. And they got to that, what, 8 to $10 million range in, in money. And they did that partially in reaction to Lane Kiffin and the thought that he was going to leave and go to Auburn. Partially because people kind of got wrapped up in the, the momentum of it all. And this desire to build a great football program. And, and so the question was, let's just say the number was 10, whether it was or not. Let's just say that the, the Grove Collective raised $10 million kind of post-football season last year for the purposes of recruiting. Or, I'm sorry, for the purposes of NIL. Remember that had to go against across all the sports, so that was for football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and maybe some other sports a little bit. Can you turn around and do that again? Can you raise another $10 million this year and another $10 million next year? This story on out on three points out that the highest level programs are trying to get to a spot where they've got about eight million dollars a year to spend. That next tier of programs is trying to be in the three to six million dollar range. That's where this thing's settling. But you got a bunch of schools that aren't getting anywhere close to even those numbers. It's your college football fix. Now back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> on Super Talk Mississippi. Spent forty-eight dollars last night at the county fair. Won't get you a quarterback. I throwed out my shoulder, but I want her that. Uh, people in the text line, like, what if the linemen just stop blocking for the quarterback? Oh, I don't know. The coach will bench them? Like, what, what, what do you mean if the linemen stop blocking for the quarterback? Are you the highest paid employee at your at your work? Does everybody else stop working? Come on, y'all. Think. Use your brain. What were you thinking on that last play? Oh, uh, the check didn't clear, so I let him go. <laughs> he's, he's making more money than me, so I just let that guy through to maul him. Oh, well, guess what? You can take your pads off and don't worry about getting on the bus home. What are we, th- what are we talking about here? I mean, there were, we had a couple of people who were saying, a couple of people actually texted along the same lines, and the idea was, what if the linemen just strike? Yeah, because that's going to happen. Yeah. Here you see it every day, right? Yeah. They're, they're getting not, kicked out of the university. Unionized. Yeah, they're going to get kicked out of their school. Like, you're on a scholarship anymore, so if you don't have the check for the tuition today, you need to pack your bags and go. And then who's going to pick them up? Well, why did you quit? Well, I, didn't get, I wasn't getting enough money, so I let my quarterback get hurt. Oh, yes, by all means, let's sign you. Think. Hey, what have you got coming up on Thunder and Lightning tonight? Uh, we got to talk about Lamonis staying or going. Uh, I got my thoughts on that, and I got my thoughts on what I think is going to happen. Uh, we're going to uh, hit up the transfer portal. State's uh, had some action there uh, from basketball and from football. Um, and then we'll talk. I, 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 I've done a couple interviews the last couple weeks with some national college football guys, and 
They've had some high praise for Will Rogers, which is funny because I don't feel like Will Rogers gets a lot of high praise from his own fan base. So I want to see where the disconnect is. Hmm. The Matador Club, let's stick with NIL just for a second, and then we'll, we'll move on because I know you are anxious to talk about a video game. And I will I cede my time to you, Mr. Haydad. Yeah. Lubbock, Texas, the Matador Club, a Texas Tech alumni-run NIL collective, announced on Tuesday that they would be signing the entire Texas Tech baseball team to five-figure NIL deals. It is the third team-wide NIL deal done by the Matador Club for a Red Raider program, joining football and softball. The collective will have members of the baseball team use their name, image, and likeness to support Lubbock-based nonprofit organizations. Quote from a board member via a press release, We believe in the power of the team, not just on the field, but in life. Our student-athletes represent Texas Tech with pride, and by signing each player to the Matador Club, we are not only investing in their future, but also in the future of our community through service. The exact amount that each player will get has not been disclosed, but, I mean, if we're saying five-figure deals, it's it's north of $10,000 per player. That kind of feels like NIL done right. Kind of. I mean, it's got, suppose, some tones of socialism to it where everybody gets the same thing. You're not necessarily rewarding based on success or name value. Welcome to glorious Lubbock, Texas, comrade. Got all those backward R's. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But, um, so everybody on the Texas Tech baseball team getting a five-figure NIL deal. Good for them. Good for them. Good work if you can get it. I mean, if it's if it's ten thousand dollars a player, and you get thirty players on the roster, you're talking about three hundred grand. Okay. Yeah. Anything about I mean this baseball? When you're not on full scholarship anyway, so I mean that money's probably going right back to the, a lot of that money's probably going right back to the university. Yeah, I mean depending on the situation for the kids, but yeah, good good yeah. stuff, good yeah. stuff. All right, hey Dad, you you sent me a message earlier today. Said we need to talk about this. So this is the new college football video game that is expected out next summer, right? That's correct, yes, 2024. Uh, you know, and, and we stay with the NIL because the or EA Sports today announced that they're going to, you know, allow, it's going to have real players in the game and that they're going to, you know, allow players to sign NIL deals with them, which I, I don't know how much for how much because now we're talking a lot of money for every college football player there is. But my guess is the majority of them will... I, I feel like this is one where you, people will make deals because they want to be in the game. You know, I think you're going to see some guys like, look, it's, 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 if I can get a little money out of it, it's great. But for the most part, I just want to be in the game. Because I think people have been jonesing for this game for the past, you know, basically the past decade. It's been 2014 since there was one. Um, and so that's great news, you know, because I think that's the main thing people wanted. You know, for for a long time, you had to you had to like send your uh, your memory card to somebody or, or download something to get the rosters. People would go through and, and meticulously create create the rosters, and everybody matched up to what you did, and that was just a pain. Now you just plug the game in, and once it's loaded, you're off and you're off and running with your your Jackson Darts and your your Will Rogers and whoever uh, on the game. So already already thinking about like, who's going to be on the cover because it'll be an actual college football player this time as opposed to an NFL player who's already left college. Hmm. 
Wouldn't they put a coach on there, like uh, Saban or something? They could, but, I mean, now you can just make a deal with somebody. And, you know, like my first thought is uh, I'm trying to think like a, who's like a big, big young quarterback right now. You know, because Caleb Williams will be off to the NFL. Drake May will be off to the NFL. I thought about Arch Manning, but I don't know that he's going to do enough this season to be worthy of the cover of the 2024 game. So, And Quinn Ewers is draft eligible after this year, isn't he? He this is, is draft eligible because he, he, he did. That's, that is correct. He is, a, he is a redshirt sophomore, yes. Yeah. I wonder what they'll get. I mean, you think like. 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks a player? I mean, there's thousands of college football players across the country. I mean, a, a thousand a player, if let's say you got everybody on a team, right? So that's 85 scholarship players. It's 85 grand a team. And, for, and they're, they're not doing FCS right now. So we're talking about 120 teams. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. So I don't know. My guess is it, it will be it will sort of what we were just talking about. They'll be staggered. You know, Caleb Williams, if he, I guess he won't be on that game, but. Arch Manning, we'll just use him as an example, will probably command more than Mississippi State's, you know, third string offensive tackle. So I would love to go back and see what people got. You know, I know that some former players here at State that, you know, when they had the settlement for this a few years back, their 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 checks varied. Some of them got uh, five figures. Some of them got low four figures uh, from from EA when they had to, when they had to settle that debate. So or settle that case, I should say. So yeah, I think it'll just it'll just depend on who you are. It was this th- that was the case that kicked off the whole NIL thing, right? Yeah, really was. O- yeah, the versus NCAA. Case. Yeah. yeah, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm just from a gameplay standpoint, I'm fascinated to see how they work with NIL. Is there going to be a transfer portal in this game? You used to have transfers on that game, but it was the old school. They had to sit out a year, and you know, it was very rare that you had a transfer. Now, my guess is you're you know. A, Third of your roster and every year is going to be in flux. So, looking forward to seeing how they, how, they, to, how they handle that. What if you signed a deal to be on the cover, and then you transferred after it was all, had already gone to print? EA <laughs> <laughs> would be mad at you. They probably void your deal at that point. Like you got to stay, stay right there, or just you know, keep, just give them a headshot, and that's all you got. I don't know, hmm. but yeah. It's you know, so are you it's, it's getting up? closer and closer every day. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, my wife got me a PS5 for Christmas after I said don't because the game doesn't come out till 2024. She went ahead and got it anyway, which was nice of her. Uh, but I mean, I, that's really what I'm waiting on. I, I have some games that I play right now, but I'm just sort of like treading water until we get to summer of 2024, and then I'll be one of the first in line. David in Madison says he heard somewhere today that they had $5 million allowed for this. That means there's going to be some guys who get a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe maybe that's yeah. the number. Hey, we're doing this. Yeah. You can opt in. You can be in the video game. And this is what you'll get. Yeah. You want to do it yeah. or no? Yeah. Do you want to guess who was on the last cover of NCAA football? It's, what it's Denard Robinson, isn't it? Denard Robinson of Michigan. Shoelace? Yeah. 2014. Yeah. 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 That's uh, really cool. I always thought Eli got robbed on that one. They put uh, they put Fitzgerald on there. He was pretty good. He was very good, but in, you know, I thought they, they almost always do a quarterback, and they weren't going to put Jason White because he was coming back the next year. 
And so they went with Larry Fitzgerald. Hey, a name that had been floating around in these parts as far as the transfer portal goes is no longer floating around. Former Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman is set to transfer to Florida State. So Ole Miss did not win the Keon Coleman sweepstakes. He entered the portal on April 30th, announced via social media earlier this afternoon. He led Michigan State in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns last year. Had seven touchdown catches. Florida State roster keeps getting better. It's going to be a good Heard thing. something. Heard something crazy earlier today. We were talking about the business of college sports. Hey, Dad. Moving forward, mm-hmm. UCF and the Big 12 will have a larger payout from its conference than Florida State will in the ACC. Let that sink in. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back to wrap it up with you coming up next. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park in Oxford. Be sure to check out their website, M-Trade Park, to see about all of the events that are coming up. They've got a busy stretch that is happening over the next few weeks. Um, M-Trade Park, let's see, this weekend... They've got their 7th annual USSSA Fast Pitch Summer Warm-Up. Over 50 Fast Pitch teams will be there. The weekend of May 26th, it's the Old Glory Baseball Tournament. 66 teams signed up at this point. June 2nd, Mississippi Global State Championships. 94 teams at this point are registered. And then on June 9th, the GOAT Global. 72 teams are signed up for that as well. There's also some uh, pretty big news about a football camp that is coming in June. We'll tell you more about that uh, in the uh, the days and weeks to come, but you are not going to want to miss that if you've got a child that might be interested in a one-day football camp. But uh, with the uh, fast pitch and the USSA baseball, don't miss out on these tournaments. Go to mtradepark.com to find out more and register your team. If you're going to play, play mtrade. Tomorrow, Luke Johnson will join us. We will talk uh, some with Luke about Scott Perry and uh, also Southern Miss as they go into the final weekend of the regular season, hosting Louisiana Lafayette. I know they're just Louisiana, but I feel like I need to put that identifier on them so people know who the heck we're talking about. Uh, The Ragin' Cajuns in Hattiesburg for a three-game series this weekend. Mississippi State at home hosting Texas A&M to close out the regular season. And uh, for Ole Miss, Rebels are on the road against Alabama this weekend. Have you kind of figured out the the simplest way to describe the scenario for Mississippi State? If State doesn't sweep A&M, it doesn't matter. Okay. Start there. So they they have to sweep them. And then if that happens in Missouri, and then if Missouri and or Georgia get swept, we can start worrying about tiebreakers then. But if State doesn't sweep, if State loses tomorrow – 
the game, the, 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 it's over. Don't stop worrying about it. Yeah. All right. So Bulldogs have got to get uh, all three this uh, this weekend. You um, you can always join the conversation on the ceasefire text line. Dwayne and Brandon says, "I still miss pre nil. Not up on how it works. Lots of money talk instead of football talk." I think hate every cosign on that with you. <laughs> Would absolutely. CC in Senatobia says, yeah, let's give 18-year-old kids a million bucks to come play football. Just experiencing freedom for the first time with a million dollars in the bank. What could possibly go wrong? I hear that, but I also don't begrudge an 18-year-old who has the opportunity to receive life-changing money regardless of their age. I don't have any. I mean, 18-year-olds get drafted into the MLB all the time and make money like that. I just hope that the, my hope is that there's a parent who's like, okay, we've got this money, let's let's be wise with it. Probably, and I know it's I know that's a best case scenario. I know that's not going to happen all the time, but I would hope that a lot of times at least somebody has has the the kids' best interests at heart. Yeah. Um. That's I mean that's exactly right. I mean you you hope that they are surrounded by people who want to see them do well and will teach them some responsibility. Nathan and Amory giving a vote for Will East over Michael Borky. Over just him or all of y'all? Well, no, I don't think anybody wants to hear you do this for three hours, but I think they they like your witty repartee and the shots that you take at Hey Dad. The heavy breathing would get out of hand after about hour two, probably. I can't imagine. I can't imagine if you didn't actually like each we, other. <laughs> I love Will East, one of my best friends in the whole world, and I'm not even kidding. At least in the I whole world. Yeah, I love Will East. Do you not have many friends? <laughs> I don't know if that's a bigger <laughs> slide at me or you. Uh, yeah, Will, I, 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 totally you I don't know. I, I just thought I'd get to everybody. Kind of insults both of us. He got he got us both there. Yeah. It's like it's He's, just, Will's higher on my. Will is higher on my favorite Rebel list than you are. I'll just tell you that. So, is he? Yeah, he's not number one. That's still Gerard, but yeah. but he's higher than you. Yeah, I kind of went with the, the Three Stooges model. I just slapped two guys at one time. Just <laughs> <laughs> What are you? <laughs> yeah. All right, we would forget. make a good Larry, Curly, and Moe, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thunder and Lightning's coming up next. You want some Mississippi State news? Yeah. You can get it from Brian Haydad. I guess you can text him if you got questions on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. You will have the text line open, won't you? I always do. There you go. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon. We'll look at the uh, seven SEC series that are beginning, close out the final weekend of the regular season, and a whole lot more. Enjoy your Wednesday evening. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.